Hi folks, my name is Linda Emmett and welcome to Happiness is an Inside Job. We are the creators of our own reality, we create our own lives. Our mind is our biggest limit and it's our own beliefs, behaviours and habits constantly caught in those cycles that keep us trapped where we are and stand in the way of our own happiness. So throughout this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into some of those beliefs, habits and patterns, where they show up in your lives and what you can do to change them. On this week's episode, we're going to focus on what I would call healing what hurt, healing what hurt us, which, you know, in a lot of ways, we hear the words healing developmental trauma being thrown around and we can all believe or think, as I certainly did for a long time, that trauma is, you know, is abuse, neglect, um, really, really harrowing things or, you know, something, you know, an adverse experience within your childhood. They're the only things that are categorized as trauma. So we don't believe, you know, we've been traumatized in any way ourselves as children. If we had, you know, for a lot of people have grown up with, you know, pretty decent childhoods with, with parents that loved them and things like that. And so believe that there is no developmental trauma within their lives or as when they were grown up and don't fully understand them. Well, you know, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling or behaving the way I'm behaving? And the thing with developmental trauma is it's just two aspects to look at it from one this is coming from a child's perspective a baby's or a child's perspective of what they needed at the time and how they perceived the situations that they were in that's the first part of it so we were viewing the world as little children and our needs as children and as children we needed our parents our caregivers to to feed us, to to love us, to show us affection, to, to for our very survival. So our needs then and our needs now are very, very different. And the second piece to look into is it doesn't mean that, you know, if you've experienced um, developmental trauma and you've an inner child to heal, as we all have, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're you're being mean about your parents, judgy or um nasty in that you look back and you're going you know no 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 they were doing their best sometimes or well all the time actually our parents are coming from their own beliefs their own fears they've their own baggage their own hurts and some of the things they're doing they believe are protecting their children when like sometimes when a, when your parents are telling you you know it might be screaming and roaring about crossing the road or staying away from a dog or don't carry on like that, don't speak like that, different things like that. They're coming from a place of love, but they're coming from their own fears, their own hurts, their own harms. And that's that's what we're surrounded with. And we're surrounded growing up with our own parents' beliefs on things and their behaviours and how they react and respond to things. And because we're, as children, we're like sponges, we absorb all of this in. And from that, we learn who we are, how we fit in and what our needs are and how they can be met. Now, the other side of that, folks, is I am not saying that's for the possibly the average person, I suppose. But there is the other aspect where, you know, there's some that have grown up in 
quite an abuse of our neglectful childhood. Do you know what I mean? And that's other reasons that we'll experience developmental trauma. So there are two sides of the coin. But when we're growing up as as children, most of what we learn is we learn two main main things, I suppose, to peel it all back and boil it all back there is we learn as children when we do or don't get our needs met we can either become fearful of our own needs fearful of showing our vulnerabilities fearful of speaking up fearful of asking for what we want or what we need or we literally depending on what stage of our development it happens is we can also either just not gain an understanding of what our own needs are and we literally don't understand ourselves and what we need. And this is what, what shows up in, in our adults' lives. This is what impacts our self-regulation, which is our ability or lack of ability to regulate our own emotions, to regulate our breathing, our heart rate, our sleep, having healthy ways to, to handle our stress. We need to be able to understand and manage our own positive and negative emotions. Otherwise, we're going down the, the avenues of anxiety, panic attacks, addiction, poor sleep and all the other symptoms. And a lot of that peels back to literally not being able to regulate our own emotions when we feel something in our system, not understanding what that is. And especially if it's negative, then trying to manage that with things. They actually say, and I wholeheartedly believe it, it's it, a huge part of what sits behind even smoking. Smokers regulate their emotions with a cigarette. If you're feeling happy, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling stressed, if you want a break, if you need to step out, if you need a breather, by nature, you look at cigarettes. What you're doing is inhaling and exhaling. And the nature of cigarettes, when I look back on my own career as, as a smoker, it was hugely why I smoked. Um, now, also, there's the, you know, the, there's the, the physical addiction side, which is much, much easier to break. But the, the psychological side of it is I use cigarettes to manage my emotions. When I was going from place to place, when I was going from work to home, as I say, when I'm stressed, when I wanted a reward, when I was relaxing, when I was happy, when I was sad, every emotion, because I hadn't yet learned how to regulate my own emotions. Three of the, the main things that, that we learn as children that can show up negatively, I suppose, um, in our adult life is one, as I've mentioned, self-regulation. And that's our capacity to regulate our, our emotions. And we are emotional beings, folks. We feel every split second of every day from, from womb to tomb. The second piece is our self-image. What we think of ourselves, who we believe we are, what we like about ourselves, dislike and who we believe we should be showing up in the world and our capacity to have relationships. There are three of the main things we learn when we're developing as children and we learn this from our, our caregivers, our parents. And when we're developing, we're in these stages. If the development is interrupted by trauma and our needs aren't met, we can learn possibly not to be able to express our own needs. We can learn also that it's wrong to even feel our own needs or that we just don't deserve to have our needs met. There are three of the ways they come out that we see 
in ourselves as adults and they show up a lot in relationships. In getting our needs met as children, we learn how to self-regulate, to grow as people, as humans in all aspects and to expand with life, to grow with life, to grow with the changes that are happening within our lives. And this is absolutely essential to our health, our well-being and living a happy life. If these things were impacted during our developmental stages, these are the, the things that are shown up in our adult lives that we need to go back and look at. And the price of the freedom from these things that we're carrying, from these hurts that we, we need to heal, what we need to do is basically internal mindfulness. It's literally going back to the core, building that awareness and understanding of ourselves, of what our needs are and what we need to do to meet them. If we don't understand what our needs are and what we're lacking and what we what we need, well, there's absolutely no chance of anybody else understanding what we need. Plus, you're never going to be able to meet your, your own needs. We, as children, again, like if you take an example and dialing it back a little bit to, to when we're a baby and you're, you know, a, a young baby crying in a cot and a baby starts off, it'll start off whinging, whimpering, crying a bit. And if no one comes, that child gets more distressed, more upset, gets angry, starts really screaming at the top of its lungs to, to get attention, to get someone in the room, to get its needs met, to be picked up, hugged, loved, fed, whatever it is to get its needs met. The child will get angry and angry and scream and scream and scream and either Someone will come and meet those needs, take the child up, feed the child, give the child affection, love, things like that. The, the baby's nervous system will reset. The baby will, will regulate off that parent, that person who's picked them up. They'll feel soothed, they'll feel calm, they'll be fed or whatever it is that they need. And that's what the baby learns. If nobody comes and this happens repeatedly, the baby can learn like that, that no one comes, no one comes to meet their needs. And a number of ways that can go, the baby can eventually stop crying because, you know, it knows that no one comes. If the baby gets into trouble for crying, and again, that happens a number of times, the baby can learn it's not okay to cry. And these are where some of these, and that's just one example, there's so many, but these are just some of the ways we learn our understanding of what our needs are and how our needs are met and whether our needs are or aren't met. And these are the things that then show up because what develops from these is we literally adapt ways to survive because our basic, our brain's primary function is not our happiness, it's our survival. And so our brain will bring in protective, adaptive measures to keep us alive for us to survive. And it can be over time literally stifling down those needs never asking for them to be met and again that shows up that can show up in in people pleasing that can show up in our relationships it shows up in so many ways which i'm sure you you all know and we you know as adults it puts huge limitations as i've mentioned on our well-being and we can become completely disconnected from our, from our own body, our own feelings. If we can't self-regulate, we numb ourselves down every time we're feeling a, a negative feeling, we're pushing it down with behaviours. Or if we're not accustomed to feeling happy, 
that can be as frightening for us as adults when we're when we're achieving that success we can start sabotaging we can start you know recoiling because we're not used to happiness and the same in relationships we can literally sabotage our own relationships because happiness is foreign to us we don't recognize it we don't recognize it as a need so therefore we literally we we recoil away from it and so our own happy living and well-being is hugely dependent on looking at some of our own adaptive behaviours that we've developed, our own protective mechanisms and undoing those. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about healing the harm, healing the hurt. You certainly couldn't go back and can't go back and protect yourself as a child and meet those needs now. But you are a fully functioning, sufficient, beautiful adult who is fully capable of meeting your own needs now figuring out what it is that you want like if we learn it's it's not okay to need love it's not okay to be vulnerable to show up and and to want love that can keep us out of relationships for years we tell ourselves you know oh no i don't need to hate all that mushy stuff hate all. the things we tell ourselves and that literally is our own fears our own adaptive style that we've developed we tell ourselves we don't have those needs now, this all happens at a subconscious level where we see it is in our lives and how we're living and ways we're living that are hurting us, but we can't figure out why we, we are where we are. So I'll just give you a, 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 a quick run through on some of the things that are developing as children and some of the ways they can show up in, in our adult life. So there's five needs that we that we need to to be met and five ways that they'll come out i suppose in our our adult life like we absolutely 100 of it as i've mentioned we're social beings we need connection we need relationships we need to have the capacity to be in relationships to give love but also to receive love to believe that we're worthy of love and that's one of the things if we didn't feel that as a child if we didn't feel loved and wanted and all of those beautiful things that can hugely impact our own capacity and how we show up in relationships and more so whether we do or don't allow ourselves to be loved and what we accept where we set our boundaries that's something that we we really really need but what if we don't receive that that as children it can cause us to basically disconnect from our our physical and emotional self. We disconnect from that part of ourselves. We tell ourselves we don't need it because that helps us survive. Another thing we develop as, as, as children is, is trust. It's believing that we can rely on, on ourselves, believing we can rely on others. And it shows up in our adult lives in and how we how we trust other people to take care of us, how we trust other people to be there, how we we don't always feel like we need to be in control if you're a person that constantly feels as if you need to be in control of situations and your environment it means you literally you know you don't trust others to be there and to do that for you and you can it can show up in your adult life as you're being quite a controlling person because that's how you learn to survive if you can control your environment as much as you can it it makes it easier another thing that 
can show up in our adult lives that certainly, again, comes from our childhood is that person who constantly feels like they're a bore. You don't want to ask anybody for anything because if you do, you're just a burden on them. No, I don't want to burden anybody else uh, asking them that, be it whether you're sick, you're, you know, you, you need to learn something, you, you need help, you need support in anything, feeling like you're a burden constantly. Again, that's something that you need to go back and heal that hurt. It's not real. It's not true. It's just, you know, we develop strategies and this is where they come out. And if, again, with love, with not receiving the the love that we deserved and the love that we needed in our adult lives, within our relationships, how that can show up is we can have, I suppose, a skewed view of what's real love and what's just sex. And sometimes we can settle for sex, believing that it is love or that we'll get love. And we can base a lot more of our worth on our outer looks than on who we truly are. And these are just some of the ways that it can show up. But at the core of it, it's going back and healing those parts of yourselves. And we all carry them. We all have parts of ourselves. We all have learned protective mechanisms that we've built in for what we deemed our survival as children that absolutely do not serve us as adults. And it's figuring out and knowing what yours are. For me, I'm ultra independent, ultra independent. I, I've only learned in the past few years to ask for help, to ha ask for support. It takes strength. I'm always saying that to me clients. It takes strength to ask for what you need, to have the courage to be vulnerable enough to say, I need this, I need help, I need support. That's strength. It is weakness and fear if you cannot ask for help. Because if you look at that, why is it you're afraid to ask for help? What is it you don't want people to see? You tend to be scared that people are going to judge you. It takes strength to ask for help. And as I say, I've only learned that in the past four or five years. Now I never stop. Now I think people are sick of me go, excuse me, I did because people want to support you. People want to help you. And the other great thing that I love about that is it means others are far more willing to open up to you because they'll go, oh, that happened to you or, or I was there or I can tell. People have been there. You are not the only one that has ever felt that. Others have felt it too. They've been there and they feel better about themselves. They don't feel alone. They feel like, oh, as I say, oh, yeah, I was there too or whatever it is. But asking for help is huge and getting to know yourself, looking inside, building in those mindful practices. This is why I, I often say, you know, about the, the absolute power of meditation and whatever that looks like for you. Meditation is where you meet yourself. Meditation is where you, when you're feeling different sensations, different emotions, this, different things in your body, that you look at them and go, what is that? That you're not afraid of them. You're not stuffing them down. You're not throwing behaviours on top of them that you don't feel them. Here's when we run into problems in our adult life. We're not disconnected in relationships or disengaged or not asking for what it is we need because many decades ago, through our perspective, we didn't get it. So it doesn't mean you have to live a life then never having it. It just means you have to look at yourself, look inwards and find what hurts you, find what hurts your heart and go back and start start working on you, start building that relationship with you. You put the time and effort into anybody else that you love 
So it's learning to love you. It's learning, bringing in those mindfulness practices, feeling into your body. If you're feeling uncomfortable in a situation, it's feeling that feeling and going, what is it that's making me feel uncomfortable? Okay, I'm feeling it in my stomach. I've a knot in my stomach. I'm nervous about walking into this room or I'm, I'm nervous about speaking to that person. What is it? What is it you're going to feel? What is it you think that person's going to say? Where in your system are you feeling? It's literally reconnecting with your own body, your own emotions and your own feelings. And then going, right, well, what are the thoughts behind that? What was I thinking before I felt like that? And it's, it's changing that up because it all comes from our thoughts. And our thoughts are, we, as I've said, 70% of what we are thinking today, we were thinking yesterday. Our thoughts are repetitive, they're in patterns. So it's just literally getting in and upgrading. As I say, it's like, you know, it's like having an iPhone 13 with state-of-the-art technology on it. Um, that's there for you to use. But in the background, you've old apps from the very first Motorola mobile that ever came out. They're sitting in the back, wide open, slowing down and creating gunk across the whole system. It's literally getting in and deleting those apps. It's getting in and deleting those habits, those trails of thought, those patterns of thought. And the way of finding that out is, is taking that time with yourself. It's looking at feeling into your body, where you're feeling it, what you're thinking, what's going on, how are you feeling and what's the thoughts behind that? And literally, like those patterns were created, they can be undone. You can change your thought or pattern, your thought pattern, sorry, at any time you choose to. It's just becoming aware of them. That's the key step in it all. So that's it for me for this week, guys. I hope you've really enjoyed it and got some fabulous takeaways. And as always, I invite you to connect in with me across social media or check me out on my website, www.yourgifttoyou.com or email me, linda at yourgifttoyou.com, guys, because I'd love to hear from you and any topics you'd like for us to talk about or any more learnings that you want. And please remember, give me those reviews because it keeps the podcast getting out there to more people. So chat to you very soon, guys. Bye-bye.